What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the CodaCast. My name is Brian Bermudez, and I'm the host of the Craft of the Air podcast, the aviation podcast that expands your knowledge in each episode. Join us as we explore the untold world of aviation together. I'm so glad that you guys are tuned in for another episode of the CodaCast. Not because we're on video now, but because we have such a unique, uniquely interesting topics that I that I found in aviation this week. A lot of interesting topics that I discussed with some of my students in a lot of classes that I've had this week. So many classes this week. Summer session really does. If you guys, if you didn't watch that previous episode of the CodaCast, go go back and watch it or listen to it. I had some of my students on the on that CodaCast and that the, the summer uh, semester really for aviation maintenance, anything aviation, if you're taking college summer session, it, it takes a toll on you. <laughs> but today's episode is going to be so much fun. You're listening or watching in the right place. A lot of interesting topics in aviation this week. Uh, a sonic scramble. An F-16 was scrambled in the D.C. area after an unresponsive plane was discovered in the airspace. We'll take a look at that in a tragedy, really, in Virginia. We'll also take a look at a, at a tragedy that a lot of people may have not heard of. And this was a couple of weeks old, but some new preliminary reports into a plane crash in Colombia. And, and this one, some possible good news. But four children surviving this, this plane crashing. And get this, this was in the Amazon jungle in Colombia, the Amazon jungle. So we'll take a look at that some it, it, some possible amazing news coming out of that story. And finally, aviation airplane seats. Yes, they I, it, it all over the news this week. Aviation seats, a very interesting uh, study that I came across. It, it states that passengers don't upgrade their seats because of poor pictures. Yes. So, so maybe if we have more... Uh, high resolution, uh, better pictures posted on some of these websites, people will be more inclined to spend more money on upgrading their seats. I highly doubt. But I mean we'll we'll take a look at the we'll take a look at this report. Staying with seats for Carl. A lot of people know Recaro for luxury automotive seats, but they actually make a majority of aviation seats and they have a new design, groundbreaking design by Recaro and it's gonna save some some weight has manufacturers and, and airlines very interested. Um, interesting, kind of bizarre news with Asiana Airlines and they're going to stop selling emergency row seats. This was after a very bizarre incident that took place with a passenger and opening an emergency door mid-flight. And finally, senators, U.S. senators are asking the FAA, are seats too small? Hmm? First... First things first, today's episode of the CodaCast is brought to you by Craft of the Air. With aviation maintenance training and consulting, Coda's a second you when you need it. Your personal aviation assistant for everything in the field of aviation maintenance. Stuck on ideas? Looking to facilitate advances in aviation maintenance? Consulting by Coda possesses unique resources to elevate your aviation projects to new heights. Our approach is rooted in personalized solutions that cater to each client's needs and we provide comprehensive advice, detailed reports, and cutting edge data on innovative solutions that 
really empower you to make confident decisions. A&P student, job placement or advancement exams coming up, look no further than Cram by Coda. We have a tailored approach led by certified, certified A&P subject matter experts, and they ensure that you're fully prepared to excel in any aviation maintenance exam. And really gotta visit the Craft of the Air website at www.craftoftheair.com. Again, that's www.craftoftheair.com today and learn everything Coda can do for you crafted the air our craft is all the air so now we jump right into it one of the very first topics that, that we look at is this sonic boom this is a scare a sonic boom scare really that led to a, a really panic that ensued and an investigation on the way into the pilot's actions leading up and so you know they're they, they, we had this plane crash in Virginia and this linked to this recent sonic boom. We had an F-16 that was scrambled because of an unresponsive small aircraft in the DC area. And when that F-16 was scrambled, it left, it, it was going so fast that it created a supersonic boom and it, 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 it startled a lot of people in the area. According to reports by NBC Washington, the tragedy unfolded shortly after this F-16 created a powerful sonic boom, and it, it, it really uh, caused significant alarm and concern amongst residents. And this was um, what really took the headlines. A lot of, a lot of tweet, tweets going on, a lot of uh, breaking news on a lot of news networks into this F-16 that was scrambled. A local resident was quoted as saying, quote, we never expected something like this to happen in our quiet town, end quote. And it really, uh, it, 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 it left shock and disbelief in the community, a very tranquil, usually a tranquil suburban area, and they were really profoundly uh, impacted by everything that had gone on. Now, investigators delve into the crash. One critical aspect being examined is the state of the pilot's responsiveness. According to a report, it remains unclear when the pilot became unresponsive before the crash. But it, it turns out that he was unresponsive when this plane, or right before this plane tragically crashed, a pivotal, a pivotal timeline. And it's, it's a, we, it, timeline is crucial in really understanding what, what, what took place and why the pilot became unresponsive before the crash. Um, now authorities are, are meticulously analyzing available data, including communications records, flight data, trying to piece together everything that went on. An official was quoted as saying, we're working diligently to determine what led to the pilot's unresponsiveness and a tragic crash that followed them, quote, and really now the focus lies on gathering evidence, co conducting um, interviews um, meticulously, reconstructing the events to, to provide answers and closure to the affected families and that community after that 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 sonic boom uh collective real collective mourning um and, and quest for answers are, are going to unite that community as they come to terms with everything that 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 you know transpired that day investigation is going to continue um and and the lasting impact of this virginia you know plane crash I see it undoubtedly 
It's going to shape future discussions on aviation safety, really. And it really going to serve as a, as a, a very important reminder of the importance of this, this a comprehensive and rigorous safety protocol in, avi in the aviation industry. You know, hopefully we have a, a thorough understanding soon on what happened and, and make sure it never occurs again. Going on from, from one tragedy to another, but this one possibly with some better news at the end of it. And preliminary reports were uh, revealing clues to survival and tragic Colombian Amazon plane crash. Yes, there was a, there was a, a plane crash in the Colombian Amazon. Now, it, it, this this it, preliminary reports released by the Colombian uh, Civil Aviation Authority it shed some light onto the potential survival of four children, four children who who vanished during a devastating plane crash in the country's Amazon region. And this is really an extraordinary story. It's really captured the the attention of of people not not only in Colombia but beyond. Um, now, there's been an extensive military-led search operation in this very dense jungle that this occurred. And according to the report, now this, we go back to, to May 1st, and this flight tragically claimed the lives of every adult on board, including the pilot, Pilot Hernando Morales. And the interesting part was that we had an indigenous uh, woman on board and she was carrying four children. And these four children were the ages from 11 months, they ranged from 11 months to 13 years old. Um, and these are the four children that survived that plane crash. Their, their bodies were not found there. Now, looking into the tragedy, you know, according to the report, shortly after takeoff from this remote community in, in Colombia in the, in, near the Amazon, the pilot contacted air traffic control and he expressed the need to find an emergency landing spot. The distress call uh, indicated that he, the pilot was experiencing engine problems. Uh, he was quoted as saying, Mayday, 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 2803. Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. I have the engine at minimum. I'm going to look for a field, end quote. And, and after the pilot had reported that the engine had regained power they continued on the journey, but they encountered further trouble just less than uh, about, about half an hour later. And the pilot was again quoted as saying, may they, may they, may they, 2803, 2803. The engine failed me again. I'm going to look for a river. I have a river on the right, end quote. And then communications uh, with this aircraft ceased. Now, unfortunately, the second engine failure proved too much for this aircraft plane eventually veered off course before disappearing from the radar and really leaving authorities with a, a really challenging search uh, search area, search task. Now, despite immediate air and water searches, wreckage was not discovered until two weeks after the, the, the tragedy had initially unfolded. And it, 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 this finding this wreckage two weeks after the tragedy it may have led to, to significant implications for the fate of these passengers investigation uh you know as a whole now based on 
the report's findings, it's believed that the aircraft initially collided with trees in this dense jungle, and this resulted in separation of the engine, the prop, and the main structure before the vertical descent to the forest floor. And, and really disturbing images from the crash site, it depicted the plane's tail was raised and the nose and the front area were just severely, severely damaged. I mean, some quite disturbing pictures, to say the least, right there. Now, it's interesting, um, you know, if forensic examinations, they're, they're still ongoing, but the reports suggest that the adults seated in the front of the plane, they suffered the fatal injuries. Conversely, the rear seats where the older children were located were less affected. And this potentially explained, you know, explained the survival there. Now, search and rescue teams later discover signs of life, such as footprints, a used diaper, and a baby bottle. And this is really fueling hopes that these children uh, may have managed to evacuate the aircraft and navigate through the jungle on their own. Now, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, right now, the search effort is still undergoing. Uh, 100, over 119 Colombian Special Forces troops, 73 indigenous scouts, all in full swing as authorities are tirelessly combing the area. And it's interesting, you know, relatives of the, the missing children have expressed faith in their resilience, you know, noting their, their familiarity with the jungle. I can't pronounce that word. It, however, there's still no editing on this. However, <laughs> concerns remain about whether the children really understand, because they are very young, if they understand that the outside world is, is continuing to search for them, right? It's interesting. Um, one of the grandfathers of one of the children, he shared his hopes during an interview with Columbia's uh, Carcoal TV saying, quote, maybe they're hiding Maybe they don't realize that they're being looked for. Um, they are children, end quote. So really as the investigation unfolds and, and, and the search intensifies, this real you know, extraordinary story of these missing children, it really serves as, as a testimony, you know? And we'll, we'll see the nation and the world is anxiously waiting for the news of their discovery, really clinging to hope, really, of a, of a, of a joyful reunion that will bring this really tragedy, a gripping tale to close um, in the, the Colombian Amazon jungle. And we move on to some lighter news. We're going on to aviation seats now. And this is a must here for any, anybody in aviation um, and, and, and anybody in air travel particularly on the first one. New study, a recent study has revealed that high quality, get this, I don't, you know, you're gonna be, you're either listening to this, shaking your head or, 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 or nodding your head in agreeance. But a recent study revealed that high quality photographs can significantly impact passengers' inclination to upgrade their flight experience. Yes, visual vi role, it, it really highlights the, the, the role that visuals play in enticing travelers to opt for premium services. It's very interesting. A study conducted by a leading airline uh, industry firm examined the preferences of over 1,000 passengers, right? 
and this is from various demographics. And it focused on the impact of visual content. content. Spe specifically, photographs. And, and really, if it influenced the upgrading decision and the results demonstrated a very clear correlation between the quality of the images and the likelihood for passengers to upgrade their seats. According to the study, passengers were 30% more likely to consider upgrading when presented with high resolution images. And, and you know, images showcasing the, the in-flight amenities, comfortable seating arrangements, personalized services, and it really shows the power of visually, you know, appealing photographs. It's interesting because, you know, I look at, you know, I, I do a lot of traveling. I look at hotels and look at hotels with my girlfriend and we're looking at hotels. Of course, the picture quality is important. Me and myself, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to book a hotel that has too poor, you know, resolution pictures where you could barely make out where you're staying. I don't want to do that. And I think the goal, the same may go with aviation, but for the most part, I would have to say that a majority of people know what they're going to get in economy, business, or first, if those are options on your flight. And, and, and that being said, more people I think now are more uh, money conscious in comparison to pre-pandemic. Dr. Emily Thompson, a renowned psychologist specializing in consumer behavioral, she commented on the significance of the findings. She was quoted as saying, our research indicates that the images play a crucial role in shaping passengers' perceptions and aspirations. High quality visuals have the ability to evoke emotions and generate anticipation, driving individuals to uh, seek out enhanced travel operations. Very interesting. Um, the CEO of a major airline, John Stevenson, he emphasized on the importance of leveraging high quality uh, photographs and marketing campaigns. He was quoted as saying, in today's highly competitive aviation industry, it's essential to engage in potential passengers on an emotional level. Captivating visuals have the power to create inspirational desire for enhanced journeys and ultimately increasing the likelihood that passengers choose to upgrade and pull. So it's very interesting. Uh, aviation industry is going to continue to evolve. And I, I'd say that passengers expectations are going to continue to rise as well. Airlines are going to, uh, you have to prioritize the use of, you know, really captivating, really good um, photographs in their marketing strategies and the marketing materials. Um, really making it evident in this case, study served as, as, a, as a reminder. Really in the digital age, a reminder where visual content really reigns um, supreme, that a picture is truly worth a thousand words, really. Potentially thousands in upgrade fees. <laughs> Going on to our next aviation user, Carl, unveiling a groundbreaking new seat, premium economy seat. Yeah, what's the need? We don't need to upgrade. We got premium economy over here. Recaro style. Recaro unveiling the CPL 3810. And this seat, get this, delivering 10% weight reduction. Yeah, leading aircraft uh, aviation seat manufacturer, Recaro. They unveiled their latest innovation, the PL 3810. And this is a premium economy seat. 
This is at the Aircraft Interiors Expo 2023. This groundbreaking seat is gonna offer, check this, enhanced comfort in economy. Don't need, you don't need to upgrade. In economy and amenities for passengers and it's also gonna boost really the important bit here, a, a significant weight reduction. And, and in some cases up to 10%. That's, that's that lightweight, the, 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 this mark that Ricardo's setting with this lightweight um, premium economy seat, it's a major milestone in the industry, a major milestone for a seat. And this is, and airlines are, are, are now more than ever seeking ways to optimize fuel efficiency and to reduce operating costs. So this seat, this, this muse that may seem somewhat small, is pretty big. Ricardo's commitment to engineering excellence and passenger-centric design is, is really evident in this PL3810C. It's a beautiful seat, really. Beautiful, beautiful seat. John Smith, Ricardo's chief design officer, expressed his enthusiasm for the PL3810C, saying, quote, we're thrilled to introduce the PL3810 premium economy seat, which combines cutting edge designs, passenger comfort, and remarkable weight reduction. This innovative seating solution exemplifies our dedication to providing airlines with products that offer real supreme value and exceptional passenger experience. That's a great quote by John Smith, the Ricardo Chief Design Officer. And it's it's interesting, if we look at the numbers, the, the PL3810, the seats weight reduction, it's made possible through a utilization of advanced materials, engineering methods and Ricardo's investment into, you know, research and development. It allowed them to leverage, really leverage this cutting edge technology. And that resulted in that seat being delivered and, and performance and efficiency in the PL3810. Looking at the numbers according to industry data, that 10% weight reduction in premium economy seats, it could potentially result in fuel savings up to 1.5% on long haul flights. This is gonna translate into significant, substantial cost savings for the airlines. And this is again, particularly in an era where fuel expenses um, constitute significant portions of operating expenses. So it's very interesting developments from there with that introduction of that PL3810, that premium economy seat, Ricardo, they're gonna to continue to push the boundaries of aircraft seating going forward and really setting new industry uh, you know uh, industry standards in comfort efficiency and really the overall passenger experience now we go on to south korea uh, some interesting news in south korea and south korea's uh, asiana airlines suspends sales of the emergency exit seats. And this was following some pretty bizarre safety concerns after a bizarre safety incident. And this was in response, uh, South Korea's Asiana Airlines decided to suspend sales of the emergency exit seats on all its flights. This decision came after the airline was faced with a lot of criticism for allegedly assigning the seats to passengers who were not physically capable to perform the required tasks in case of an emergency. Asiana Airlines they're really aiming to prioritize passenger safety. And they need to really ensure that those seated in emergency row seats 
meet that requirement or that criteria for assisting in the event of, a, of an emergency. But for now, they've ceased um, sales of those emergency exit seats. And really the controversy surrounding the allocation of emergency exit seats arose uh, when a passenger was assigned with an exit row seat. He admitted to not being familiar with the evacuation procedures during a recent flight. And the incident raised concerns really about the airline's adherence to safety regulations and it prompted an investigation by the South Korean Ministry of Land Infrastructure and Transportation. And and as a result of this investigation, Asiana Airlines really the, they they made the, the big call and, and a safe, a good call, in my opinion, they decided to halt the sales of emergency exit seats until further notice. And the airline is now reviewing uh, their policies and procedures related to allocation of those seats. It was interesting, the Asiana Airlines uh, spokesperson emphasized the airline's commitment to passenger safety, stating, we take passenger safety as our utmost priority. And we're currently conducting comprehensive reviews of our safety protocols to ensure that passengers seated in emergency exit rows are fully aware of their responsibilities during an emergency evacuation, unquote. Um, and it's interesting, emergency exit seats, they're really they're strategically positioned in the aircraft to facilitate with swift and, and, and efficient evacuations in the event of an emergency. Passengers seated in these roles, they, they, they're required to meet requirements, to this certain criteria, you know, such as being physically fit, mentally capable, capable of, of understanding instructions in the language of the flight. It's interesting that according to data from South Korean Ministry of Land, Infrastructure and Transportation, a total of 10,566 emergency exit seats were available on domestic and international flights operated by Asiana Airlines last year in 2022. Over 10,500 emergency exit seats. So this is a big call for an airline to stop selling all these seats. 10,566 emergency exit seats. And you multiply that by all the passengers that will fly on that in a year. But commendable by Asiana Airlines and their, and their pursuit, passenger safety remaining a top priority for the airline and Asiana's decision to suspend the sale of these um, you know, emergency seats, it really reflects the industry's commitment to maintaining a high safety standard. And, and again, going back to ensuring that passengers are adequately prepared to handle those responsibilities or to handle those responsibilities in an emergency situation. And will be interesting to see how long or what becomes of that um, decision by Asiana Airlines. I wonder if other airlines will take suit and follow along. And finally, one of the last topics that we go through, we're staying with seats. As, as promised, seats did make a majority of the topics in aviation this weekend, two um, U.S. senators, uh, Democrats, Senator Tammy Duckworth and Tommy Baldwin, are urging the Biden administration to reevaluate cramped conditions of airplane seats. I'm smiling because I know a lot of people already feel as though our airplane seats are too small, and we always hear of talks on the possibility of them getting even smaller. Now, this proposed legisla uh, legislation would require that the FAA or the Federal Aviation Administration, they conduct new evacuation tests. And these tests would have to be done under uh, realistic conditions and really established standards. And 
This is important because this will um, really establish a standards in considering seat sizes and the seat and the spacing. Uh, senators' concerns uh, centered around the passenger safety during really emergencies. That's why we go through this uh, realistic um, conditions and testings that the, these two senators are urging the FAA implement. And during emergencies, really the U.S. senators have a lot of dissatisfaction over travelers who have complained and find themselves in these tight spots or these tight, really in coach classes. Senator Duckworth from Baldwin are seeking to address the issue of the seat size by advocating for more comprehensive and realistic testing conducted by the FAA. They argue that the previous evacuations tests that were conducted in 2019 by the FAA did not accurately represent the conditions faced by passengers. I might, might, might be onto something. I might agree with this. Tests involve only 60 participants between the ages of 18 and 60, but admitting senior citizens and individuals with mobility, disabilities, and the presence of carry-on luggage. Duckworth highlighted the need for simulations that accurately reflect the diversity of passengers on aircraft. And she questioned whether the FAA already took into account the actual people who will be on board during testing. Senators argue that the FAA overlooked the realities of flying in America today and ignored crucial factors that could impact safety. And it's interesting because while the FAA declined to comment on the matter, passenger and safety advocates, they criticized these 2019 tests and the, the existing seat size standards. Organizations such as flyer rights and nonprofit groups, they've been unsuccessful in their efforts to establish a minimum seat size regulation and, and concerns, you know, really regarding the blood clotting people that get blood clots due to cramped conditions um, and these challenges that are faced by flight attendants managing frustrated passengers. They've also been on the rise, all of these concerns. Some argue that, you know, that, that a fully crowded modern cabin cannot be evacuated within the FAA's mandated time frame, which by the way, is 90 seconds. The next time you're on a plane, look around you and, and, and picture that. 90 seconds, Airlines for America, an industry group representing major carriers contended that additionally regulations on seat dimensions lacked factual bias and, and, and data supporting their necessity. And this is going back and referring to the 2019 sense. The group argued that the FAA had already deemed existing seat configurations, size standards, and evacuation procedures to be safe is interesting. You know, really to, to conclude it, Senators Duckworth and Baldwin's efforts to review, uh, you know, airplane seat size and evacuation standards, that reflects their commitment and, and it's commendable. Their, their commitment to passenger safety and comfort, it affects us all. By proposing legislation that calls for more comprehensive and realistic training and te testing really, it really aims to address the, the, the concerns of both passengers and safety advocates. And while the FAA has, has you know, really previously defended the existing seat size standards, 
these senators are arguing that this, this update is necessary and really necessary to ensure evacuation procedures are, are in line with the realities of today's air travel. Now, it's interesting. We, we, we discussed so much in today's episode. And really, I, I, as, I, as I wrote this episode and I, and I went through it, really the, the main point or, or the importance that we see here is really aviation safety. You know, the two incidents with the plane crash in Virginia, the sonic boom and the plane crash in the Colombian Amazon region, the missing you know, children. Both, both of these incidents prompt, you know, really intensive investigations into these crashes and the circumstances and the real, the real need to uncover the factors that contributed to these tragic events. You know, we emphasized on, you know, the importance of, of thorough investigations, implementing necessary safety measures and prioritizing passenger safety in, 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 in the aviation industry as a whole. You know, and it's interesting, the high, you know, what, what the impact of high quality, you know, photographs on the passenger upgrade decisions, the inter, uh, introduction of lightweight um, premium economy seats by Recaro, the suspension of the sale of emergency exit seats due to safety concerns by Asiana Airlines, these topics are, 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 are really going into that safety highlight of these two plane crashes. Where in aviation, you know, it, it's interesting. What steps do you believe sh should be taken to strike this balance of really efficiency, luxuries, and passenger safety? as we embrace the advances of, of really an ever-changing aviation industry. How do we go about that? And that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the CodaCast. I really thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Guys, if you guys have not done so already, take this opportunity to check out the Craft of the Air website at www.craftoftheair.com. And that's www.craftoftheair.com today. You get your free initial consultation, Craft of the Air, our craft is all the air. Comments or suggestions about this or future episodes, let's get in touch. Visit the www.craftoftheair.com website. You go to the contact tab and put in the subject CodaCast. Thanks again, guys, for listening to today's episode of the CodaCast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Instagram of uh, the Crafted Air Instagram, our Twitter, and now we have the YouTube channel coming to you live from the Coda Den and subscribe for the latest CodaCast and Craft Their updates. Please rate and review the CodaCast. We're now streaming again, Spotify, Apple, Prime, Pandora, Google, YouTube, and all platforms. Again, thanks for listening. There's no editing on this, straight up. <laughs> again, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. We'll be seeing you soon.